This is Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. High Performance. Leadership. People think overwhelm, craziness, craziness. No time. No time. No fun. No fun. Just work, 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 work. It's time to slow down, to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is Efficiency on Demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and leadership specialist. During the show, Monique and her guests will share the harsh truth behind their success stories, what it means to perform on a high level, and to be a leader in this world. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency on Demand, and this is your host, Monique. So welcome back to another episode of Efficiency On Demand. Today, I am super excited to have a wonderful woman on this show who is not only beautiful and a wonderful characteristic that I follow for quite a while, don't tell her, but she also is just amazing in how she shows up online, which is why I'm so happy to have her here. So please welcome Chaya Rose to the show. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Woo! Thank you for being here. Also fellow Sagittarius. <laughs> exactly. So this is going to be some fiery fun. <laughs> I love it. What's your rising sign? Leo. Oh, that's obvious. A one. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, and the Capricorn Moon. So I, oh. I have, I'm total Sagittarius. I'm but Capricorn then I'm loyal. rising. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what's your Moon? Uh, Libra. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're yep. balanced. You've got all the balance. You want everything to be nice. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that gets a lot in the way. <laughs> <laughs> unlearning <laughs> oh my god it's so much fun it's always like um my Sagittarius speaking before I think and then my Libra is like oh my god mm-hmm. you hurt these people with your words and I'm like shut <laughs> up Libra <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god all right so but we're not talking about my Libra so we're talking about your fiery Sagittarius so tell me about a little bit, just usually we start off, who are you, where are you from, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Okay, who I am. So I'm Jaya Rose, and that is my alias, because I was born with a different name, but we will not get into all that. It is kind of a funny story, just to say that actually what I teach is to become somebody online, like to become who you are, to have a well-known brand and to be able to serve as many people as you're meant to. But the funny part is like, I'm not even who I say I am, uh, which is quite ironic, although it's who I have become. And I think it's actually the perfect metaphor for what I do because it's all about becoming more of that authentic version of yourself and Mm -hmm. I specifically do that because I always knew who I was. I don't have a story of hitting rock bottom and having an identity crisis. I've always had a strong intuition. I've always known what my next step was. I've always been decisive. I've always been an entrepreneur. 
And for me, actually, the biggest thing I needed to overcome was to be, to allow myself to be all of what I am. Um, That Marianne Williamson quote, which I will completely butcher, but in essence says we're afraid of our own power. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've, it's so good. We should insert, insert here. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably memorize it, but it's, it's so true. And so because I have always known who I was and what I wanted, I feel like I was destined to be a leader and to be also in the public eye, but because I was conditioned to play small and to stay safe and to keep everyone around you safe by not challenging them to rise or to be challenged by how big you are. Yes. Yes. And I'm just going to, do you want me to read out the quote? I just have it here. Yeah. Yeah, please. Marianne Williamson said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, Mm. not our darkness, that most frightens us. Mm. Right? Thank you. Oh, Oh my God. So good. So good. Yes. (sighs) Okay, let's talk about a few of the times that your light was actually frightening you. And how did you get Mm. through that? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, I feel like I've always been meant to be in the public eye or to really to be a performer because I started out in my early 20s with belly dancing. And I loved it so much. Within a few months, I was asked to join this troupe and start performing. And it was this like super magical homecoming for me because I had actually never been on stage. Mm. But yet I was like, oh, this is so meant for me. I really, really love this. And I ended up doing that for 15 years before I was ever online or doing at all what I'm doing right now. Um, But I borrow from it a lot. And I feel like it confronted me to to really look at what I, I wanted because actually in the belly dancing space, there were like maybe five people sort of at the top, you know, like the top tier, kind of like in the online coaching space, how there's like the people who are the go-to or the one that's the most Mm well-known for what they do. So there was a similar thing in belly dancing and I never let myself desire to be that. And I look back at this and see that there was this, I would be triggered when I would see these particular top dogs, you know, doing quotes. And I'd be like, oh, and it was because it was triggering me to see that light in me. It was like, it was triggering me to feel that fear of that could be me if I desired it, if I allowed myself to, and then put myself in the position to become it. And I, I didn't, I never did. And it was this like one foot on the gas, one foot on the brake. Mm -hmm. And I had this syndrome of doing that. It's like, I'm not going to be held back. I'm going to do, I'm going to go out there and I'm still going to be on stage and be rocking it, but I'll be just a little dimmer than what I fully could be. And it was actually when I found the online space, which was five years ago in 2015. And it was Marie Forleo 
that she was the first person I saw in the online coaching space and she was doing her B-School launch. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing, nothing about the online space, nothing about online coaching. And she was telling me, like looking right at me in, in her video, speaking so clearly saying that I had a special gift and that only I could do it. And if I did not do it, I would be stealing it from other people. And I was like, bitch, please. I do not. You are not talking to me. <laughs> you are not talking to me. And she was. She so clearly was. Mm-hmm. And it was a full, it was like one of those moments where all of it flooded back in because all of a sudden I felt the desire. Oh my gosh, I've always had a desire to be on big stages. I've always had a desire to serve, to be more than I currently am, to give more. And to receive more. And I saw a doorway. It was like a doorway opened. And from that point forward, I have been hell-bent on sharing all of me and showing up fully. I love that. I love that so much. And also, I think a lot of people, they're not only afraid to share all of them for the sharing part, but what can come back, right? Because the way we share is one way, but we know it's like a two-way street, right? What do we put out there and what comes back? Because people receive yeah. us so different than from what we actually put out there. Hmm. What's Interesting, your, yeah. Right? I mean, there's like projection, reception, and then perception. So there's like so yep. many different ways of that. And I know for my part a lot of times when I put things out there they're perceived way different than mm. I have intended to put them out there because people project their own things onto me and then receive what I basically put out there with this mm. projection lens on it mm-hmm. and it's very interesting it's like for me it's like a human behavior experiment this whole this whole thing so so what is your experience with that especially in this year I think 2020 is a whole human ex- uh, human behavior experience. yeah mm-hmm. maybe it's a uh, maybe maybe there are some aliens out there that are experimenting with us and just try- <laughs> hardcore they're just fucking with us <laughs> Oh, I'm still waiting for them. I shouldn't say that loud. Anyways, we still have yeah. a month to go. <laughs> so what is your experience with that? Where you put things out and you were so sure it can't be that bad or you were so sure of your intention and your your message and then people just perceive that so differently. Mm, yeah, so interesting. I would say that I actually don't notice that at all. And so when you're telling me that I fully understand it and I hear you and I believe that it's a real experience. And I also think that I am just so self-absorbed <laughs> and knowingly so for whatever reason. But when I'm putting something out, I would say my Achilles heel is not a worry or a recognition that someone is perceiving it differently. It's mm-hmm. what they think of me. It's that I'm not good enough. That's the only thing that's ever really held me back in terms of showing up. Like if I put something out 
and it doesn't get responded to, then I've made that about me. If I've put something out and it does get responded to in a positive way, then I've made that about me. If I've put something out and someone, see, I just, I guess I can't even pinpoint a time. And I'm thinking about most recently with the election and with the Black Lives Matter movement and with the Me Too movement, with basically the last few years of a lot of uprising, I speak a lot. I speak out a lot. And there have been people who have disagreed with me. There have been people who have written me messages, told me they were happy they didn't buy something from me because of what I said and how they took it. I never made that about me. <laughs> it's just so fast. <laughs> I did that part I didn't make about me because it just it clearly seemed to not be. It clearly seemed to be about them. And it was so much polarity, especially now, you know, everything is so heightened and so much, I would say polarity is like the theme of 2020, that and chaos and a number of things, even alignment. So chaos. Yeah. (laughs) But I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I just don't notice it. If that's happening, if someone's taking me a way that I didn't intend, I see it as their own thing. I love that, which is the truth, right? Because it's usually their own perception, which has to do with their protection. Yeah, totally. It's a, right? But it's so interesting. Uh, I, I, I look at it and um, I look at these posts and I also look at posts from other people and I can see it. And I can clearly see where basically mm. the communication went into two different directions where the miscommunication happens. Yeah. The lanes just go so far apart. And I can also see where, for example, what your beliefs are based on just like a single post and then what other people's beliefs are based on their replies without them having to put their beliefs into their replies. And it's really Mm -hmm. interesting because it feels like for me, I just see these these big spider nets of, you know, beliefs, patterns, neural pathways <laughs> that like just yep. come out for me there. And sometimes yep. that also kind of holds me back from wanting to engage in people with people in online conversation because I know there's nothing I can do or tell them that will make them see it from a different perspective. There's just no oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'd really try not to talk to people online <laughs> at all. I mean, I did for sure over the elections. It's it's so difficult, especially mm-hmm. with all the misinformation that's being spread. I have deleted, you know, I've written and then deleted many, many things. I've gotten into things where I've gone back and deleted because I know that I'm just going to get back that passion that I have tenfold from an opposing side. Mm -hmm. And it feels very uncomfortable. So I'm like, well, I'll just keep my passion to myself on this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. So what do you think in your life, looking back, where have been 
those moments that you actually allowed yourself to be that light and to show up fully. And it turned out to be either like the best experience or maybe even like the on the other spectrum. I don't want to say the worst because I don't think there's any like bad experiences, but you know, a lesson to learn or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like since I've been aware and conscious of how much I had been holding myself back, every time I put myself out, it always builds up a bit of that muscle, that vulnerability muscle, and that confidence of being willing to do it again. So I would say I don't have anything negative. Maybe I just didn't notice if there was, but I can think of one particular time where it felt so good. Like it's almost like the high I'm seeking to be seen. Mm -hmm. And this is really the core of my brand is the, the thing that people, the reason they would come to me is because they're hiding. And what I will help them do is see themselves and become seen. And it's really that simple. And so, and the reason is because like I shared with you, I didn't allow myself to be seen. And I didn't even see myself fully and, and ask for what I really wanted in life. And my, you know, face up to those desires. So the a few different times I can think of in the last three or four years, as I started speaking on stage, I came back to the stage, let go of the belly dancing after my second child at 36, and <laughs> instead took up speaking. And mm -hmm. It's been the most powerful thing, really the, one of the most powerful healing agents besides marriage for me. And the feeling of being on stage, speaking my truth, being completely authentic, completely in my power, it's the most raw feeling that I've had. Yeah. And it's like, I, I just want that, like that. I put out a post actually a few months ago and I said, what is the thing that makes you feel the most alive? And I loved that question. And it was, it was like easy, so easy for me to say speaking on stage. Mm -hmm. What were some of the other responses? Can you remember some of the great ones? Some of the responses you mean mm -hmm. like from other people? Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, there is that thing that happens. It's definitely good for your ego. <laughs> there and I think it's a fine line of mm -hmm. like receiving because people I can think of I was in Canada last year uh, in the fall and I spoke on stage and I actually did a meditation from stage mm. and it's called the illumination meditation mm -hmm. and it's all about filling your body with light and radiating it out into the world and I walk us through like we're in this room the light has filled this room it cannot be contained the light is leaving this room, traveling out. And it actually, as I was doing this, I started saying it's traveling out into the streets here in Kelowna. And there's a, a tea shop that I love and it's right across the street from the venue. And I said the name of the tea shop. They can feel it in Chai Baba. They feel our light and they don't know what it is, but they feel so connected to it. And then I just continued, you know, spreading it all the way out to the cosmos and as far as we possibly could. And so, I mean, this is such a powerful thing to do mm -hmm. in collaboration and in community in this room with all these people 
just fully invested in this experience. And after this meditation, I had so many people coming up to me with these like light beams. They were like heart emoji face, you know, (laughs) beaming at me because I saw them. I feel like they they felt seen. They felt so powerful and really meaningful in that moment. And that is not because of me. Like they were seeing themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and yet people, like you're saying, they project. And so they're projecting that onto me, like as if I'm the one, like as if they saw me, but really they were just seeing them, their own power mm-hmm. and their own light. And you can see why I like that Marianne Williamson quote. <laughs> I mean, it's really what I'm describing here. And And so like in that moment, it's really amazing to hold all that energy. It's a whole nother skill from being on stage, from doing the performing, from doing the speaking. Mm -hmm. And it's like to not make that about me and not have that determine my self-worth that these people are now transformed in some way, at least for this moment, because of the experience we co-created and they want to give it to me. They want to shower me and just be like, ah, you know, there's the fan, the fandom that happens when you put yourself on stage. And I think it's a whole other level of leadership to hold that and, and just be with it in a more neutral way. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I do a very similar exercise every morning to connect to the light mm. radiated out speak my day into a light ball, send it into the universe, make the day as bright as possible. And uh, yeah, and it's really powerful. I think a lot of people who are not yet very connected to, you know, to themselves or to the universe, they always think like, oh, it's so woo, but we are all, we are all energy. And so It took me a long while, to be honest, to get to this point too. If you've asked me like probably back in Germany seven years ago, I would have laughed in your face and be like, yeah, Chaya, that is some Mm. weird shit you're doing there. (laughs) 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 And so um, I'm really glad that I left that behind and I'm like, yes. Let's connect to the light. Let's speak it into a light ball and send it to the universe. I'm the complete opposite. And it's just so interesting. Like I have friends actually right now. So interesting. Since I published that book, I have people reaching out from like eight or 10 years ago. And they talk to me and I'm just so like evolved. I want to say very different, you know, and they're like, you're you're different. You sound you know, I don't want to say weird, but they probably think it's weird. So I'm like, yes, I made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, that was the point. Yeah, exactly. Because when I look back, I was not myself seven years ago or 10 oh. years ago. I completely was this career chasing, serious and emotionless. Oh, I was so emotionless. Mm. I was just, wow. yeah. And I worked 36 hour shifts and I was like, wow, this is horrendous. Now I barely work 30 hours a week. <laughs> mm. so, so there's that. 
definitely wasn't me. So ah, I love all of that. So tell me a little bit. I, I actually do want to know about your name. Can we go mm. into this funny story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a quick funny story. Okay. I, can, I can tell it. It's um, when I was born, my parents were a part of a spiritual group called Ananda Margans, the oh. Ananda Margans, and they're a branch of Hinduism that and a bunch of uh, white people in the 60s and 70s had taken a part taken part of. Basically, they you know meditated and I chanted. This is all I know about what they did. I also know that they wore orange turbans and my parents got married in a ceremony with them wearing orange turbans. And when I was born, they gave me a, a, a name, a spiritual name, and it was Jaya Devi. Mm. They also gave my whole family names. And then my parents gave me a name. Also, they gave me the name Jenny Rose. And so growing up, I, I knew that I had this spiritual name. My mom would call me Jaya, Jaya, Jaya Devi. And Jaya means peace and victory and Devi means goddess. So it's the goddess of peace and victory. And I just knew that that was sort of like a part of me. And I never, ever resonated with the name Jenny. Not at all. I just never did. So when I was 18, I was like, I'm going to just go for what I want. Who am I really? You know, I started questioning these things and I just merged the two because it wasn't that I wasn't myself before that, mm-hmm. but Jaya Rose is what I took. And so ever since then, when I'm so 18, I have been Jaya Rose, my family, I mean, my parents, my grandparents, even when they were alive, everybody called me Jaya from then, from that point forward. And actually I have a last name too. So Jaya Rose is really my first and my middle name. Yeah. And I do have a last name, but I've been married three times. And so I have two children from two different marriages. They both have different last names. And then there was another husband in between there. And the whole thing is frankly just exhausting. Like I'm just, I mean, who cares at this point, really? Not only that. So that's three potential last names, right? The two my daughter each have. Okay. And my parents, when they got divorced, gave me a hyphenated name. So I had the last name Mackenzie Krupp as growing up. My dad's last name is Krupp. And it's five different last names that I could pick from. So when I built my online brand, I was like, yo, just Jaya Rose. It's good. <laughs> and, and I, nobody knows really, I'm not embarrassed or anything, but it just is kind of pointless at this point to like bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But <laughs> right. But Jaya Rose is technically a complete alias. Well, I, you know, maybe you think it's an alias, but I don't actually think it's one. Cause it's, it's your name. You just merged. Well, it, who right. Person. No, but I mean like it's not on my it's not on my birth certificate. Do you know what oh. I mean? It's just yeah. like like an alias meaning like I made it up. So I sort of like I sort of did, but I also sort of like made up who I am in some ways, right? right. Aren't we just deciding who who we are? So I think it's all good. Yeah. But then y- your parents did kind of choose most of the parts of your name. Well, that's true. Although no, the, you know, the spiritual group chose Jaya Devi. So oh, okay. that's on them. 
they gave us, they named you. But so like my whole family had spiritual names. They already felt your inner core. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah. here, here in Thailand, it's a, it's a very traditional for the ethnic minorities, depending on which group they are. But I have friends from the Karen um, ethnic minority and Shan. And both of these groups, they have different processes of how their names are chosen. But my friend from a Karen background, her name, she has two different names as well. And one of the names was chosen by her like grandparents with the elders in the whole village. And it takes three days to choose the name because it's basically chosen of the characteristics of the baby when the baby's born. And so it mm. was given to the elders for the first like three days and they chose. And it's amazing. Her name translated into English is like a circle that's not round. Mm. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and so she she wasn't really sure for some of her life what it means, like because it's like a circle that's not round and it's also not finished. So basically, like the Enso, uh, if you know the Enso, the circle of life in Japanese mm. culture, that's mm-hmm. like the brush circle, and it's very similar to that one. And and then she has a shorter version of her name that she's called by every day. And my Shan friend, she said that she is given a name from the elders as well, including the the church, not the church. Yeah, it's a church type of priest. Um, they don't have a church, but temple probably, Shan temple, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so from the elder monk, they usually get their names and their names depending on Sometimes even if they're sick, for example. So one of her sisters, she was sick when she was born. So she had a name connected to the disease. And then she was so sick for the first three years that after three years, she was renamed. And then she suddenly became healthy. So that is really interesting. There's a lot connected wow. to spirits and energy, right? Yeah. I <laughs> And um it's really interesting. And ever since I heard these stories, I researched my name more deeply because I know my name, Monique, has to do, you know, like in it's a French name, but I'm born in Germany. But my name is actually the advisor and also mm. the leader. Well, they knew already. Also the what? The leader. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. The leader and the advisor. And I love that. I definitely gave a lot of advice when I was a child already. <laughs> I would go around and tell everyone what to do. <laughs> yep. That, I mean, that, that we need you. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of people would need that for sure. Um, so, but let's, I love that whole thing. So, I'm just looking at the time a little bit. Let's take a little tiny break. And then I want to hear how you do your work and how you actually work with people to step into their light and into their shine. You're listening to Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Monique. We'll be right back after these messages. But in the meantime, find more resources at efficiencyondemand.com. 
Hey everyone, this is your host Monique. If you want to learn more about time management, impactful leadership, mindset mastery, and energy efficiency, then you can now order my new book, The Time Method, and a bullshit guide to creating an abundance of time. Just go to www.thetimemethod.com or you can click the link in the show notes below. And please, I would love for you if you can share, rate, and review this podcast so many other people can find and benefit from it too. Thanks for tuning in. I really love to have you here. You're listening to Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Monique. So we are back with Chaya Rose. I, I still love this name. It's a really great name. And I think it also captures actually really who you are. So perfect merch. Perfect Yay. merch. <laughs> so I want to talk with you about your work and how you get people to actually step into their power and their light so they can show up authentically, specifically online, I'd say, right? That's your mm-hmm. speciality. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cool. Yeah. So go ahead. Was there a follow-up? No, I was just like, cool. You go, you run. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I found that, you know, we can help people at a lot of different places on their journey. Like if we look at it like a path, I love to kind of use those words because we know that it's not linear, but yet it moves forward. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what a path is. And in that, I've helped people like at a, a lot of different places, you know, where they are, like, are they just starting or are they feeling confident about what they do? Do they not know what they do? Do they know their purpose? Like there's just, there's so many different places that we can get hung up, you know, that we can sort of pause at for periods of time mm-hmm. and need, need support and need mentorship. Like that's why there is, a, I mean, what is it? A billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry yeah. uh, for coaching, especially in the online, the online specifically for online businesses. And what I've come to find is that the place that someone meets me at is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, that like where they are, what they've experienced, where they're ready to go is what I focus on a lot in terms of being in alignment like making sure that there's alignment there. So I just say that because it would be easy to say like, oh, this is what I do. This is how I help them. But I don't think it gives the work justice unless I actually say who it really is for or like what is required of them. Mm -hmm. And what is required of someone to get the most out of working with me is that they already know what they do. They know deeply what they do. They are so, so good at it. And in fact, this language of the best kept secret has come to me recently. And I'm like, I wonder why I've never used this because that really sums it up. Like what I said about they're hiding and whether that, I mean, they could be making a ton of money. They could have a huge brand and we can still be hiding. Mm -hmm. I think it's a real internal part. It's not necessarily a measure of success. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, this week I had two calls with women who both have have made millions of dollars in the last few years. And it's not about money. That's not what they need help with. So 
I say that again, just to sort of like validate the space that someone is in. Once you're in that space of knowing that there is a deeper calling and that your voice and your story needs to be spoken from bigger stages. And again, maybe right now that's online because everybody's just online right now, or it could be an actual bigger stage. Um, But I think there's a big difference between being a business owner and being a movement leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's the gap. Yeah. Where do you think do most people, and I love that conversation because I have a strong opinion myself about that. Where do most yeah. people go wrong in being a leader, whether that is a leader of themselves or a leader of a movement or a leader, like a thought leader, um, where do you think most people go wrong there? Yeah. Well, I think there is this expectation and it's all sort of like mushed together when you get, you get online and you see what's possible and you're like, okay, I need to have, I mean, you have a business. Mm -hmm. I call this the transaction transformation part of your business. That really is what a business is, right? It has a transformation that it creates, it co-creates, and then it has the transaction, what people pay and invest. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like that's a business. Honestly, you don't have to have any more than that to have a business besides some legalities, you know, extra pieces like that. But you don't have to have a brand. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a leader either. So I think where people mainly go wrong is in their lack of understanding of when they see somebody who say is a movement leader, who has a strong brand, a strong message, a strong story, a strong voice, and a strong connection with their audience, they miss that that is a huge journey to take from being a business owner to being in that position. Mm -hmm. And, And there's just there's just not enough education. Honestly, I think that's where people go wrong is there's just, there's a program and someone speaks to them or they download a freebie and they just get led to somebody who can help them with some part of building their business. And it's always like, you want to make more money. You know, I mean, that's the messaging. The people who make the most money in the online space are selling money. Let's just be real. And I think this is where people go wrong is that they don't know how to self-identify what they truly need. And there's lots of really shady marketing that doesn't have the integrity that I just spoke of, mm-hmm. right? That's like being clear about where somebody needs to be on their path and they will take your money. And it doesn't matter if you aligned with their work or not, because now they just made more money and can tell you that they can help you make more money. Yeah. Yeah, I see a lot of times, I totally agree. And I also see a lot of times how people are made to believe that you have to be a leader. And I wish that people would just be okay with not having to be one because not everyone is out to be a leader. I don't want everyone to be a leader. I promise you, most people are better off not to be one. Mm. And a lot of people are so offended. Oh, but I can be a leader. No, you, no, please. It's okay. Mm -hmm. okay. You don't have to be. And also it's actually 
if we're going to be really honest, and I wrote in my book about like this whole, what a leader should be looking like, not from the outside, but from the inside, what traits we should be having as a leader in a tech integrity as well, you know, like, yeah, I, I always say it's not about leading other people. It's leading from the inside. It's leading from yeah. in. It's if you don't live a life leading yourself first, you don't have any means to lead anyone or anything else, whether that's thoughts or people or movements, it doesn't matter. You should not yeah. lead anything. And so for, to be honest, I believe that most of the people should not be leaders and that's completely fine. Please be that doesn't mean you're less than, it doesn't mean that you're inferior, it doesn't mean that you are less worse than, than leaders are, it just means you have a different task to, like, to yeah. take on, which is the same important than a leader, but I just wish people would be okay to not have to be a leader, which also mm -hmm. at times is not a great thing to be, to be honest, <laughs> so... It comes with so much responsibility and so much, I think it, it also comes with not only responsibility, but you need to sometimes discern yourself from your own goals and the goals for the better, like for the creator good, for the collective. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, to take your, take your spot, fill your spot. Yeah. Whatever that spot is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... When uh, do you work primarily with women or do you also take men on? Yeah. And I do work primarily with women. I think I've worked with a few, like a handful of men. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mainly because I have been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years mm -hmm. and I was a personal trainer and a life coach before mm -hmm. I went online. And so I have a really strong relationship with like the client relationship. Mm -hmm. And I always worked with women. I just always have worked with women. And so I think that women just kind of know, or I don't know what's yeah. going on. Um, but I, I certainly could help a man. Yeah. And I would be fine with it. Even having them in my group program, mm -hmm. it would be fine with me. So yeah. maybe that will shift. Yeah. I love it. It's so, it's so interesting, right? Like if you look, I don't know if you have followed me a bit or if you just checked my profile a little bit or whatever, but it's interesting mm -hmm. to me. What do you think what my clientele looks like? Mm, I could see you working with men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have that. I mean, I think men would be comfortable with you. Yeah. So I had, I hadn't given it thought, but yeah. It's so interesting. Like whatever I do, however I talk, there is just not many women showing up. <laughs> interesting. It's, so it's primarily it's, men. Yeah, it's 99.9%. .9%. I had one woman. Walk, That's working. amazing. Yeah. Wow, your messaging or your energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't, don't like, don't get me wrong. I try. I like, I have women talking to me and everything, but it's, I don't know what it is. It's really like men, seven figures or higher. They just come and be like you. And I'm like, all right, let's bring it on. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. You have that perfect. Like I, I feel the masculine 
Yeah. The, no, no, like masculine, feminine balance. Yeah. I think it's also because I have this no bullshit approach and actually tell them I'm in their faces, but without shaming or judging. Mm. So I can be, I can be telling them in their faces what's going on and telling them they are the problem without shaming, judging or blaming. And then Mm. going into the solution, I think that's a lot of times where, where it lacks of, you know, holding that space sometimes instead of like, we go into judging and shaming a lot. And don't get me wrong, I judge people too. For example, if they are judging others, (laughs) you know, I told you about this Harry Styles post and I judged this person for not being open-minded about that, to be honest. So, and we are still human, so we do judge. We can't help it. But, um, I think in my work, I just, uh, there's no, there's no space for me to judge because I've done it all wrong before, which is why I'm here now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's pretty helpful for many men to hear. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about what is your favorite uh, or maybe like just a little bit of the process, the the favorite way for you to help like women to step into their lights. And what do you see is mostly the outcome for them when they finally be like, oh, letting go of all mm. of these shackles. Yeah. Yeah. Storytelling is a big part of what happens uh, for the release. And I kind of, you know how it's like, tell them what they want. So sell them what they want give them what they need. I would say that it's kind of like I would sell. So like the outcome would be that you are going to have more opportunities to share your message. Mm -hmm. You're going to have more embodied confidence to do that in a way that moves a movement and that message forward. You have an easier time attracting clients and people who are really want, they're just like a hell yes to Mm -hmm. your work. And so all of that happens and I, and I could say, well, that is what's going to happen. But what we're going to do is get in touch with that part of you that is only you. And this is called your innate magic. And I have a whole process around identifying your innate magic and naming it. And so this is like, I would say that this and then the storytelling piece and something called your soul story are two pieces that I've been teaching for a long time, whether it was in, you know, I had a embodiment program where it was really like mind body connection. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even teaching business anything. And I had these two pieces in there. I have um, an impactful storytelling program has these pieces. I have an embodied speaker program has these pieces. Now I've morphed it and put things together. Like they won't go away because yeah. they are the thing that you hear like own your magic or be confident. Like there's something about you, that thing that Marie Forleo looked me in the eye and said, right? There's something about me, that thing that if I don't contribute it, I'm missing out and everybody else is also missing out. Hmm. And I went on a journey to figure out what that was for a long time. And it drove me kind of bonkers. And I just like, didn't really settle in to what I'm really here to do. I didn't make the commitment to what I'm really here to do until 
I went to Gail Larson's speaker training, transformational speaking in New Mexico. Mm. This was three, three years ago because they just came up in my memories a couple weeks ago. So three years ago, right now, she is an incredible speaking coach and teacher. And um, she's, a, she's a crone. So she's in her 70s and she's taught everybody, you know, Danielle Laporte, Gabby Bernstein, Marie Forleo, just funny because, you know, full circle when I went to actually train with the same teacher that they had trained with, Mm -hmm. she taught something called original medicine and I adapted that teaching and I asked her permission (laughs) because it just was so powerful for me. And mm-hmm. I turned it into this innate magic process. And now I use it really for more your brand where she used it specifically just for speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the essence of it is, is naming this part of yourself. Like what is the part of you that shows up in everything that people notice without asking you a question that comes through no matter if you want it to or you don't want it to. It's innately who you are. Mm-hmm. It's like that, don't we want to know what that is? <laughs> Isn't yeah. that, right? Isn't that the thing that everybody wants to know? And so this has been, I mean, this is the part of my program where people are just like, it's like fireworks go off. They're like, ah! and, but here's the thing. Here's the disclaimer. If you're not ready to leverage it, then you won't get anything from it. Hmm. And that's why I've gotten so particular about who I can work with and who can work with me because I have walked people through this process and named people their innate magic name and had them come back six months later and not fucking remember what it was. Oh, And I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. That was like a a huge moment for me of wake up, of waking up. Like, no, that is so disrespectful and God God bless them. That's not, they don't mean it that way. You know? Yeah. Not, it's not per, but wow. Because I know for me, when I learned that my entire life changed Mm -hmm. and the work that I've done since then, everything about it changed. So, and that's because I was truly ready. I was ready for the answer. That's an answer. And yep. if you're not even asking the question and you're not ready to receive it, then it's not going to be powerful for you. Right. Yeah. And I can feel it. I, I know that a lot of people are probably swinging their fingers like in German, we call that the ego system when you're not learning how to write a keyboard, like keyboard typing, but you're just like swaying with your finger over the keyboard to search for the letter. And it's like for Mm. them, sometimes like that, they're like trying to find that thing within them or what they like, how they are should messaging, whatever. And then sometimes they're hitting it and sometimes they don't, you know? And um, if you have a process like that and you're, you can bring out the core of who they are, put a name on it that makes it tangible, basically, and they are not leveraging it, that is, yep. that is not only wasted energy and time, but as you said, it's like, yep. it's 
it's basically speaking to the Dalai Lama that you have once in a lifetime op opportunity and not asking him the right question. Yeah. Maybe you ask what time right. it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Exactly. It's <laughs> leveraged. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that is like, I think that, that, yeah, like you're definitely picking up what I'm putting down and that is just one part of uh, the six parts that I walk people through it actually in a six month process. And it's so good. It's really good. And then I would say storytelling is another really key part mm -hmm. uh, because especially when you are an entrepreneur and you have a, a brand and you do want to lead a movement, you know, you do want to have a really strong message that grows with you and connects with people in a deep way you got to have the story. You really do. It's like, it's, if you want to speak on stage, you better be a really good storyteller. Honestly, yeah. like that's the thing to work on. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a piece that's really missing in the online space. People know how to like tell a story to sell something, but there's a lot of people that I'm like, I don't know anything about you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're creating no like and trust with people, I call it no love and trust, then storytelling is the way to go. Yep. And it's also sometimes I feel, but it's just a personal thing. I sometimes pick up on stories and I feel like, oh, okay, that's probably the storytelling formula of maybe yes. Fern or whoever, Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever. And I'm like, This yeah. bored me to death. I know exactly what you're doing here. I know why you put these paragraphs. I'm not going to click on see more because you put like 15 dots in between. And no, like you got, and yeah. it doesn't work on people like me because we know all of these things and it doesn't work. So it's super important to, as you say, to know how to tell a story, but also then to make it your own way yep. of telling that story, right? Yep, exactly. I mean, live video is a really great way to do it because you have to be authentic. Mm -hmm. That's what I have my clients do. I don't teach my clients how to write a post that compels people to buy from them with their story. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I, don't, I do have, like I, can, I could, but it's such a small portion because it's really about creating a relationship with people. I mean, I have a relationship with so many people. It's insane. It blows my mind. I mean, and I don't even have a huge following at all. I'm not like a, I do in quotes, you know, like a big influencer, Yeah. but I've been doing this a while and I know a lot of people and I've spent time sharing who I am and my story. And I just said to my husband today, like I, I, bagged group of Facebook group that I had that had like 2,400 people in it. And I was like, I'm going a new direction. I'm cutting this whole thing. So just in the last maybe four or five months, I started a new group called speak your truth community for transformational leaders. Mm -hmm. And I don't do anything crazy to grow it. You know, I just like invite people in when I do a, a, something in there. And, um, today it hit 400 And nice. it's like in the Facebook group community world, that is so small. You know, people have like 400,000 or 40,000 or 4,000 or whatever, right? And I just, 
I looked at my husband and I was like, 400 people said yes to my Speak Your Truth movement. Yeah. Like they said yes. They took action Mm -hmm. because I invited them to. Yep. And that is not lost on me. I just feel like that's the downfall of the online space is mm-hmm. just that it, everything is so easy. It's accessible. And, and I'm like, yo, this is amazing. And these are, I care way more about building a relationship with those 400 people than quickly growing to 40,000 people just for metrics and vanity yep. numbers. Yeah. And imagine if those 400 would stand in front of you. I know. That would be my biggest audience. Yes. (laughs) And I love to always rethink that because like, as you say, sometimes it's way more powerful and impactful to have 400 people who actually know you, engage with you, rave about your work and and who you are than to have 40,000 people where maybe... 200 of them ever see your posts or ever know who you are and that they're in your group and that they're engaging with you. And that doesn't do anything, you know, like it's not about the numbers. It's like quality of the relationships. Yeah. There aren't enough people who talk about that or I I should do a post about it actually. Now that we're talking about it, I will. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. It's my birthday present for you. <laughs> I love it. But you're right. You know, it's like, I always think about how, I mean, here we have like these huge streets at times. And I think about, okay, if I had 400 people standing in this street, how far would mm. it go up, right? Oh and my gosh. Yeah. 400 is a lot. But then if there are 40,000 would be, oh, wow. Only the first maybe like 15 rows would hear me without a microphone, right? But I like, mm-hmm. but the only the, maybe the first 15 rows. So how many people could that be? Oh, maybe 1,500. But then the other, wow, math, the other 38,500 people, they don't hear me, you know? So what is it? Mm. why do we want all of this more and more faster, harder, better, stronger? Give me all of it, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. No, I, we all need to be reminded of it. I know I do. Yeah. I got to bring myself back in. I'm getting better and better at it, but I've been online for five years. Yeah. So, you you know, you can believe that I've gone through different (laughs) phases of this. I mean, same here. I'm online for, oh, wow. How, wow. That's long. 10 years now. No longer. Oh, 12. Oh, wow. Wait a little longer. 2007. Like I, wow. I, yeah. I, my business is online shorter, but I've been in the online space and in the blogger space and everything since like 2007. So that's a long while. Ooh, was yeah. there that already? <laughs> that, <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that, that has been a interesting journey and I've been very connected always in like different communities and whatever. So I've seen a lot. And I learned a lot as well. So very, yeah, especially since I traveled throughout this whole time in so many countries, it's been so eye-opening as well, how that works in different countries. It works so different in Europe than it works in the UK, uh, sorry, in the US, (laughs) UK is still Europe, and uh, how it works in Australia and in Asia. It's so, it's 
so interesting. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I love that. All right. So we're about to wrap up. And before I let you go, I have two more questions that actually three, let me ask you three more questions. Two that I always ask every of my guests and one that I just want to ask because it comes up like a download. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So I ask you the, the two questions I ask everyone first. The first one is if you would have to tell someone right now your three top tips for stepping up into the light, shining bright, claiming their power to be more visible, what would you tell them? Mm. You got to decide that now is the time. Okay. Now, not yeah. later. Not tomorrow, now. Mm -hmm. And then take action immediately. Some action, you probably know what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everybody knows what the first step is. It's that we start project forward to the steps ahead. So take, even if it's small, action immediately and then pay attention to the signs and to the energy that you receive back and what comes next and just keep going. I love that. So the second question is in the theme of the, or just in the name of the podcast, what does efficiency mean to you? Hmm. I mean, it means feeling good because I'm not trying to waste my time dicking around and feeling burnt out. You know, it means like, yeah, feeling good. Yes, I love that. If you could, and that's the last question, if you could have me ask you anything that I didn't ask today, but that you feel like someone should ask you, what would that be? Mm. What's your why? So Chaya, what's your why? My why has shifted and I love being asked this because it's always an opportunity to redefine. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get motivated to pick a why and use it to motivate us. And it's the whole thing, right? It's like the thing we're supposed to do. Um, but there's evolution to our why as the same as you mentioned earlier that you've evolved. You know, we do. And we shift. And so for me, my current why is to contribute. Mm. And it's shifted from that feeling of like, there's something in me. I need to find that thing in me that I can contribute. But that took a lot of focus. Mm -hmm. And like the why was to like be liberated or to be live in my purpose. But now it's like, no, it's just to contribute. I want to contribute in the way that I can and do it at the largest scale that I can. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's really, I say that so many times, do not get hang up on that one purpose or that one why or that one reason you're alive. It's, it, you know, it could be every day something different, if that's how your life evolves. But 
as you just said, you know, like we evolve, we develop and it can change. It has certainly changed for me quite a few times. And I feel yeah. like we're putting too much pressure on ourselves to find that one thing that goes on forever and ever and ever, ever. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. No, it shifts and it changes. At one point, my main why was to show my daughter what a strong woman looked like. I love it. That was why. That was why I was changing my life. That's why I was getting divorced. Mm. Why I was willing to risk everything and move to a new city where I didn't know anybody and build a life. That's why. And that shifted since then. You know, that was 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, leaving uh, Germany seven years ago, for me, my reason why was literally to kind of just survive. Mm. I knew that I, at one point, staying in Germany, one or the other way, I would not get through that. It, yeah. would, it would take every single ounce of life, whether that is physically or mentally or spiritually, out of me. It was just, ugh. So I had to leave, and I did. Mm. And I'm more alive than ever before. And then I could just... It's amazing. Yeah. And then, yeah, right. And then you get to pick again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Chaya, thank you so much. That was such an amazing time to speak with you. And um, I'm so glad you stayed awake because it's after midnight for you, right? No. Yeah, it's, it's 724. <laughs> Basically it's after midnight. After midnight. <laughs> so we should be celebrating your birthday already. But before we do, please tell everyone where they can find you, what they can find there, and yeah, what we are sharing in our show notes below for everyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my website and then social media, my website is thejayarose.com um, because believe it or not, Jaya Rose was taken. And Who did that? She didn't. Yeah, she wasn't even using it and oh. she wouldn't sell it to me and she's still not using it. So I should try her again. But so uh, my social media on Instagram and my website is the Jaya Rose. That's my handle. Mm -hmm. And then face, Facebook is just Jaya Rose. So it's pretty easy to find me in all those places. And we have a gift for you, right? We're putting yes. that in the show notes. Okay. So this gift is really fun. It's very cool. I highly recommend you download it. I have to say even you download it. If you I will. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, it's called seven storytelling and visibility prompts to instantly connect with your soul fans. And it is, that's exactly what it is. It's seven prompts. So you get a prompt, like, you know, it gives you a little idea of what to post or what to make a video about. And then I tell you different strategies you could use with it. And then I give you some words of affirmation about why it's really important that you do show up in that way. And so it's really nice. It's holistic. It's not just like, you know, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. It's, it's like action oriented, mm -hmm. but it's also nur nurturing, which I would say pretty much describes me. <laughs> yes. I love it so much. And, uh, you know, everyone who listens, you find that in our tool section down below in the show notes. If you don't know where these show notes are, just click 
the link to efficiencyondemand.com. Follow us, follow Chaya. Don't forget about that. And don't forget to leave us a review and the rating because that helps the podcast to be spread out to so many souls that need to listen to amazing interviews like this. You've been listening to Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. We hope you've learned that you too can unlock your ultimate potential, how to control your time, create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please follow on Instagram at the Monique Lindner. We'll see you next time on Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Remember to slow down to speed up.